When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For everything, for everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. And welcome into another edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. Ryan Hickey and George Bremer here with you. Boy, oh boy, George, we are hours removed from what was one of the most bizarre days in Colts history. That's saying a lot from what this organization has gone through, let's say even the past five or six years for sure. My, oh my. We will react to Jim Mersey, Chris Ballard, and Jeff Saturday's introductory press conference from Monday night. George is in the building there, so we'll get his kind of thoughts on the atmosphere. We'll discuss also what this means for the Colts in terms of how their perception could impact possibly getting the next head coach of this team when it is in time to, or due time, to find a new head coach after the season. And also, too, we'll play a little game, have a little fun of realistic or unrealistic talk about a few popular names about it being thrown around here for the next Colts head coaching uh full-time job could they actually be in Indy next year is that more of a pipe dream so we'll get into all that in a very loaded blue episode uh blue horseshoe episode I should say see I'm too excited George there's so much going on I can't get the name of the pod right with that said welcome in George and let me ask you you were in the room last night watching the stream was one thing what was the feeling what was the emotions What what was it like to be in that room Listen to Jim Mercy, Chris Ballard, and Jeff Saturday speak. Yeah, it was pretty surreal. I mean, it was a really crazy day to begin with. And then you cap it off with that press conference that got delayed, I think, twice before it finally started. And then it started a half hour late after the third time that was thrown out there. And uh, it was really just jumbled from the get-go. Um, you know, I think it was a stream of consciousness, Jim Mercy, which is always kind of a mixed bag. You're never quite sure what you're going to get. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. When that's going on, he was more defiant and combative, I think, than we've seen him in a while. Uh, Chris Ballard as well was pretty combative, which is is not really been the situation uh, more often than not recently. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, they're not used to sort of the negative headlines that they've been getting the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, things have, have not been perfect here, obviously, for the past five years. But I think most of the time in general, the media coverage locally and nationally has been kind of in line with what they were doing. We understood uh, the direction we understood what they were trying to do. It might work. It might not work. That comes with the business. But, you know, I think everybody kind of understood where the end game was. Now uh, that's kind of all out the window. And I think that's what you're seeing is, you know, reaction to that. And I think their reaction to that was, you know, Jim Mercy is one of the more bizarre comments he had on a bizarre night was, you know, he doesn't know how sausage is made, but he's been in the NFL for 52 years. And I think that's, I think that's what he's speaking to. I think the fact of the matter is, yeah, at one point he said the media is not held accountable, that we don't get fired if we write the wrong thing, which I would argue that's not true. Um, and we get fired if our company just runs out of money, right? I mean, there, there's all sorts of things going on that 
that are out of our control that, that hold us accountable. Uh, but I'm not going to turn this into that kind of a podcast. Uh, it's just, it, it, just the idea that, that the whole day was so unhinged. I mean, that's the word that, that I would use. Uh, circus atmosphere, dysfunctional, whatever you want to call it, along those lines. Um, it was a night. The scary part is, like you mentioned, like, you know, one of his famous or one of the most memorable lines of the night, but I don't know how a sausage is made, but I know how to, you know, build a winning football team. Like, the sad part is, like, I could have thought easily five different lines. He said, you know, we're not a rocket company. We're not building a rocket to go to Mars. We're just here to, you know, win football games. It's not that hard. Like, it was, it was wild. You know, in one sentence, he's saying, you know, he's happy that Jeff Saturday has no experience. In the very next sentence, he's saying, you know, he has all the right experience needed. It was, like you mentioned, it, it was... A very bizarre 45 minutes for sure. And the two least main takeaways I had coming out of that, mostly Jim Ursay press conference, was that number one, I didn't get a clear sense of this the direction of this organization. That was something we talked about on the emergency pod on Monday. And in case you missed it, myself and George again did an emergency pod when Jim Ursay uh, fired Frank Reich and then hired Jeff Saturday. So if you missed that, wherever you get your blue horseshoe pod, right there, make sure to check that out and you'll hear our initial reaction to the uh, very bizarre move. And that was one of the things we talked about on the emergency pod, George, was Maybe we'll get some sort of clear direction from the press conference of where this team is heading. I personally did not get any idea of the center direction they're trying to go. And number two, I don't think this move was made to win games. They could talk about, you know, bringing in a guy who's a leader. And Jim Mercer, again, can talk about how in one sense he has no experience and he's very happy because he's not scared. And we'll get into that in the whole analytics discussion. But also, too, then he said, well, he's all the right experience needed. Jim Mercer was pressed on the, the, you know, the hire a few times and asked, why is Jeff Saturday the move? Didn't really explain it very well. That it kind of left you feeling good if you're a Colts fan whatsoever. So that was at least my two takeaways. Number one, again, there's no direction for where this team is heading whatsoever. And number two, I think it's also clear, this move was made with not winning in 2022 as the main priority, which again, it should be. But in case there's any doubt that this Colts team was still all in or trying to win games, I think Jim Mercer kind of cleared that all up with some of his explanations or lack thereof of, of, uh, as to why Jeff Saturday uh, was hired. Yeah, I mean, it was just odd. I think we're, they were all over the place with that, you know, because he was saying, like, he's happy that he has no experience and he's happy that he has no fear. And then, like you said, he was talking about some of the experience he does have and how that relates to, uh, you know, what they want to do moving forward. So it, it, at times it felt like he was he was trying to set him up, set Jeff Saturday up as, as the permanent replacement or at least kind of sell him as that. And at other times it felt like, uh, you know, th th that it was just a fly-by-night kind of a thing. The thing, if you take him... At, at face value, which is what I tend to do, because I, when I start reading into things, if I'm wrong, I'm going down a, a, a path that's completely, you know, of no use uh, to me. So if, if you just take them at face value, I still think it's it's hard to understand this move happening now. Uh, if you really do believe that this guy with special leadership qualities, who deserves this shot, who has a chance to be a, a successful coach in the NFL, how does bringing him in at this point in the season uh, with with eight games to go when, you know, literally he, he's sitting up there six days before he's going to coach his first NFL game. And they didn't know at that time who's going to be the play caller. I mean, I'm just seeing our great producer, Aaron, you know, noting that that's breaking as we're on the air here, that the play caller is going to be Parks Frazier, who was the assistant quarterbacks coach, who was really the right hand man to Frank Reich uh, along the line. But, you know, on Monday at, at 8.30 at night, Jeff Saturday sitting there saying, I don't know who's going to call plays on Saturday, uh, Sunday. I'm I'm kind of going through that right now, uh, interviewing guys and trying to figure that out. How is that a situation that's putting him to succeed? Put aside what the team's goals are. 
put aside, you know, what needs to happen the rest of the year. If you take Jim Irsay at face value, that this guy was a leader who was, you know, going to be uh, a special coach at some point, mm-hmm. you know, because he felt like he's got the right stuff. Why now? Why eight with eight games left in a season where he's literally taking over a team he wasn't in training camp with, a coaching staff he's not dealt with? It just feels like he's he's in a position to fail to me. I totally agree. And that's what's so, again, what's so confusing when Jim Mercer said multiple times, you know, this is for eight games, but hopefully more. Like, again, you mentioned it. He's hinted a few times that he is hoping that Jeff Saturday crushes it where he's the permanent head coach at the end of the year. But to your point, like, you were literally now asking a guy to come in in the middle of the year. Sure, he's a paid consultant, but how much are you truly around the team and truly, you know, get in the feel of a locker room where you have an ability to, to succeed where you mentioned it. Even though, like, he's the head coach, he's not calling plays without a doubt on offense. He's not calling the defense. Like, basically, he is a figurehead for lack of, you know, for lack of a better word, and is going to just be overseeing the offense and the defense. But what can he truly do outside the offensive line? Which again, he is a you know a specialty with, and that's the only thing he fixes, George. Then this move is worth it. This move is absolutely worth it. If this time next year we could talk about his impact on the offensive line and maybe Quentin Nelson remembering how to block and Ryan Kelly figuring out protections and everything else and them taking a step in the right direction in 2023. Otherwise, like, what can he truly do? Because his hands are so tied because the season is already off and running. You're, you're midway through. He's coming in you know, out of the blue, essentially, from an analyst role. You cannot truly bank on Jeff Saturday having any sort of chance to win this job. Like, If that's what Je- uh, Jim Mercer is thinking, like, oh, we'll give him a, a shot here. Basically, this is a de facto tryout. What do you, how do you think he could actually win the job? Like, what do you think he could truly do to impress you in eight games with not a clue about what to do in offense, what a clue about defense? Even if he has a certain idea of what he wants to do offensively, wants to run a certain scheme or wants to run a certain style and defensively, the same thing, he can't implement it. George, like, the players are there. The, the the offensive coaches you have are going to run the system they know. The defense, like, Gus Bradley's not changing his scheme to fit what Jeff Saturday has an idea of doing. Like, he can't literally do anything no and I, that that's the thing to me i mean like you don't have a training camp you don't have otas you don't have any sort of mechanism at, at this point in the season to change the offense completely or change the defense completely or even really change significant amounts of personnel i mean you're going to change starters and moving guys around but what they do what they're asked to do is going to stay pretty similar you know what i mean you're at that point in the year you you can play a little bit more to to Sam Ellinger's strengths, for instance, like we were talking about on, on the postgame pod. You could do things like that, but you're not suddenly going to rebuild the entire offense around him right. and play a completely different scheme. Um, you know, I, I, Look, I'll, I'll be quite frank. I, To me, if you were going to make this move and the idea is that you want Jeff Saturday in the mix to be the head coach going forward, I would have done what everybody's been asking for for a long time. I would have replaced Chris Strausser. I would have brought Jeff Saturday in as the offensive line coach, let him do that for eight games, see if there's improvement there, and then throw his name into the mix when when you go into the you know end of the season in the head coaching situation. For one thing, Frank Reich deserved better. I think we've talked about that you know several times uh, on this pod. Anyway, um, he's a really well respected guy around this league for a lot of reasons. He's a really good offensive mind. I know there's a lot of people unhappy you know with his play calling or whatever. Uh, it could be worse, and, and you may learn that pretty soonly uh, around here. Uh, but, you know, I, he's a guy who who has a lot of friends in this business, who's got a lot of credibility in this business, uh, who deserved better, honestly, the, the, yeah. the way that this was handled. Uh, I feel like a slap of face into to him to 
you know, fire him midseason and then replace him with a TV analyst whose only coaching experience was in high school football. And it's a slap in the face of the rest of this coaching staff. I mean, if, if you're Gus Bradley or John Fox right now, you've got to be thinking that, that you're done as soon as the season's over. I, I don't care. They're not going to do their job differently. It's not going to affect how they, they finish this year. They're professionals. But if you're on this coaching staff and you just got passed over, uh, either if you're Scotty Montgomery and, and Parks Frazier is going to be the play caller now, you know, if, if you're Bubba Ventrone and, and you're a rising head coaching candidate and you didn't get this job, you know, you've got to be thinking that your time is 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 numbered here. Again, I'm reading it. I just doing what I said I wouldn't do. I'm reading into to, to things, uh, but it, it just seems like human nature. I know for a fact. Uh, I've seen evidence that there are coaches outside the organization that are very flummoxed and angry and, and frustrated by this going on. It only stands a reason that the coaches inside the organization are feeling the same way. I mean, how can you not? And it's it's even more dumbfounding when you like hear Jim Mercer speak on Monday night, and he's saying that basically Jeff Satter was the option, the only option. Like basically, if Jeff said no, Frank Reich is still the head coach. What are we doing? Like. like what has Jeff Saturday done or shown you that it's like, this is the guy. And again, he's the, we would have kept Frank Reich unless Jeff Saturday uh, said yes. Like that, that's an awful message. Like you said, the rest of the coaching staff where Jim Mercer flat out said, I believe in none of you. And we would have kept the head coach. And right now is this offense is, is in a downward spiral. Uh, if you know, the TV analyst and, and former Colts great center said, no, like that's so stupid. It comes off so bad, not just national, but like you said to every other coach in that building. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I want to make a point too. This isn't an anti Jeff Saturday stance from me. I mean, I think Jeff's a really good guy. I think he maybe has a chance to be a good coach at some point in his career. I think it's just a terrible situation to come into and a terrible time to do it. Uh, you know, and, and to make that move now, if you make it in the offseason, people are going to question it and they're going to say, hey, you know, are you sure? But there have been guys with little coaching experience who've been hired before. That that part of it isn't the unprecedented thing here. It it would have been bizarre still. It would have been rare. But the part that, that takes it into, you know, unknown territory, that takes it into the unhinged kind of territory that we're talking about is that it happened mid season. It happened without a chance for him to hire his own staff without a chance for him being Jeff Saturday, without a chance for, for him to go out and, and, you know, interview offensive coordinators across the league, not just guys in the building, you know, who, who are wanting to do this. It just feels like, I don't think I can ever remember a team trying something like this before uh, in the history of the NFL. I mean, maybe back in the twenties or something when, <laughs> when, you know, it first started. Uh, but, the idea that that anybody, even somebody with coaching experience, is going to come in eight, with eight games remaining in the season and and remake the franchise and take the reins when they weren't here the rest of the way. I mean, look around the league. How many players that got traded played? How many guys that got traded played for their teams this week? A couple, but they were all limited. Even in that situation where you're just a right. player and you have a role. The league is saying, eh, let's let's take this a little slowly. Jeff Saturday is going to come in literally off the street and be a head coach on Sunday. Hey, maybe it works. If it does, we're sitting here going, wow, Jim Irsay, you know, had, had genius. unknown genius, you know, a mad scientist. Uh, but the preponderance of evidence, and it's not just us, you know, people are going to say, oh, the media, you know, they're always negative. They're doing this, they're doing that. Tony Dungy's saying it. You know, I think Tony Dungy knows a little more football than me. I, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that he's in a better position to talk about coaching and, and these situations than I am. And, and he's out there on national shows today saying, I don't understand this move. I don't know why Frank Reich isn't still the head coach. I don't know why Sam Ellinger is the quarterback. 
look, it's not just me sitting here in Anderson, Indiana, spouting off. It's a bad look. It's a really bad look. Like I said, we'll get to the national perception because this makes the Colts look really bad. Like I said, could really hurt their head coaching search here in a little bit. But also, too, what I don't understand, and what we talked about on the emergency pod on Monday, too, George, was this move seemed predetermined. Like, you don't come out of the blue with Jeff Saturday on a Sunday night and basically say, oh, let's just see if Jeff is interested. But if you take Jim Mercer at his word, which I think you're right, I think you do, because Jim Mercer saying is emotional. He's a fan more than else, so he'll kind of tell you what he's feeling. He basically said Sunday night. That was a discussion. Him and Chris Bowden had a long talk, and they basically came down to Jeff Saturday, and Jeff Saturday got the call Sunday night. So, you know, you talked about the shock that, you know, he didn't really see it coming. Like, this sounds like it, it was kind of out of the blue and almost spontaneous, which is even more of a concern rather than this was, a you know, a thought in the process or in the wheels and in the works, even, you know, going into the season, we'll say, because Jim Mercedes mentioned that, you know, you always have a few lists of, of names um, in case something happens. I don't know about you, George, but this is the thought I had. It was just like, it doesn't, like, this seems, again, like you're just kind of, going, you know, going, but flying by night, kind of go drifting where the wind takes you. Just like, oh, that's a name, Jeff Saturday. Like, yeah, what the hell? We'll try it. And then just with no thought or no real actual reason to doing so. I mean, I think there was more, you know, it's another, there's so many things in, in, in that press conference that were hard to, to parse through because it was stream of consciousness. And so a lot of things were contradicted or, you know, yes. within the same oh, sentence or later. And I think, you know, that's one of them in that, you know, he did talk about that. I think, I think, it was more in terms of the actual decision to 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 pull the trigger, uh, because if you talk, you know, when Chris Ballard talked there briefly, he talked about they they were talking about trying to bring Jeff Saturday in as the offensive line coach in 2019, and timing didn't work out, and so it didn't happen, and that they they tried to hire him for some role this year that was not really uh, clearly defined, um, and it didn't happen. So I, I think that the, it was you know, and Ursay talked about this being months or even years in the making. So I think there was more thought about him possibly doing this internally than last night. Uh, he had been around the team. He mentioned that himself. Mm -hmm. He'd been a consultant for the past few years. He's been on the payroll. You know, he's not completely coming in blind. Uh, but, yeah, it still has a, a, a real fly-by-night quality to it. Um, and, and, again, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I, I struggle with the rationale for doing it now why did it have to be an in-season move why wouldn't it be better for all parties if jeff saturday was hired in february after an extensive coaching search and also sounds so i think it's very clear by body language and hearing him talk chris ballard is not on board with this he is he he mentioned that it was a spirited discussion with jim mercy which i think would would lend you to think that he was against it and maybe trying hard whether it was to hire someone else like internally whether, you know, we don't know if you want to fire Frank Reich. And it sounds like definitely and then one thing we can conclude, he was not on board with hiring Jeff Saturday. Yeah, I, I think it was definitely Jim Irsay call, um, you know, and, and he's on board with it now because that's what you do. And in, in this business, they've talked about it before. You know, when you when you collaborate on all these decisions, there's always somebody who's not going to agree. And once the decision is made, everybody's in because that's that's what you've got to do. You know, you're moving forward. Uh 
I just don't know what it says about Chris Ballard's spot moving forward too. I mean, that's another thing that we'll get into as the weeks go on. But uh, if it is, as it appears from the outside, a, a Jim Ursay call, um, you know, he, he gave the the dreaded vote of confidence sort of to Chris Ballard uh, during that meeting. And, yeah. and I do believe that he, he holds Chris Ballard in, in a very high esteem. I, I know that. Uh, so it would not shock me if Chris Ballard is survives this. That would that would not be a shocking situation at all. Uh, and if he's involved in in whatever decisions made at the end of the season to hire a permanent head coach, uh, but it's another part of this that right now is is a really bad look. And it's why this team, from the outside looking in right now, feels very functional. And another thing I don't get to is the biggest reason that Jim Irsay gave as to why Jeff Saturday was hired and why he was quote unquote, the, the right guy for the job, the only guy for the job is his leadership. And now I get, look, I get Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay will be able to measure that more than obviously me and you can, cause we're not in the building every single day. And we're, you know, you're not talking to every single player on the staff and kind of seeing Jim, Jeff Saturday at practice and kind of running a team. But also with that said, like you mentioned before, you're bringing in a guy who is coming in basically blind nine games into the season where the head coaches are probably upset that, you know, or, or I should say assistant coaches are probably upset that there's at least four of them that realistically had a chance to become the interim coach. The players, I'm sure, if you're a player, I don't know how you, you process this and truly feel good about it. When you, you have Frank Reich fired and maybe you're on team Frank for, uh, fire Frank Reich. Okay, fine, but now you're bringing in the guy with zero coaching experience whatsoever. And you expect Jeff Saturday to try to win over a locker, win over players halfway through the year when you don't really know what he's doing or he doesn't really know what he's doing. And that's the biggest thing that he's going to, you know, the biggest, I guess, uh, feather in his cap is his leadership. And you expect him to command a room when it's almost like you mentioned before, it's impossible really for him to have any sort of success. I go back to, you know, kind of what we were talking about with Sam Ellinger. Like, you know, this line has not played well uh, and you're not giving him the best chance there. And then you fired his offensive coordinator. Now you fired his head coach. He's got another new voice in his ear now this week. Um, you know, I, I feel like he and, and Jeff Saturday, two of the most important positions in any franchise, are both not really in situations that are geared towards their success right now. Um, it, it's hard to understand the decision making right now. And, and I think that was one of the most disappointing things about the press conference last night is you didn't come away with uh, a real solid feeling about why some of these decisions were made. I'll tell you right now, one of my takeaways driving home was that they missed Frank Reich already. I felt like if you go back through the years, you know, and the craziness that's happened here, and in particular, I'll go with the biggest one. That night, I believe it was a Saturday. I could be wrong, and somebody can can correct me, but I think it was a Saturday night when Andrew Luck retired. Yes. And you're, I, I'm there in the building, and somebody just took the air out of the entire city. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it was one of the biggest gut punches I've, I've seen happen as, as a journalist at any level. And I'm driving home that night with my wife who went to the games at that time. She shot uh, photos for us and we're doing an emergency podcast literally in the car on the way home. And we're talking about how this is going to test the organization in so many ways and how, you know, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard's leadership is going to be revealed because this is unprecedented. A 29 year old quarterback just retired uh, two weeks before the regular season and all day Sunday, I'm doing radio hits, you know, national things and 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 you're just in this storm of negativity and really almost feeling like i have no idea what happens next and monday afternoon we go into the building as we would for a normal availability and frank reich standing up there in front of everybody and he has that 
that pastor mentality that he that he exudes sometimes, you know, where he's almost giving a sermon to everybody up there. And at five minutes in, I was like, you know what? They might survive this. They might be okay. Because Frank had that nature about him. He could take this chaos and he could bring it into a calm center. And even if you didn't agree with what he was saying, you felt like he did. He believed in what he was doing. And there was a plan. And it might not work, but he was 100% committed to what he was doing and he knew what he was going for it. And there was a goal and you try, you know what I mean? He was really good at articulating those things because that's the kind of leader that he was. And I felt like last night with Jim Ursay up there, he was unable to, to, to bring the chaos to a point. It just continued to spiral out of control. So I feel like already they're missing Frank Reich. Now, will I feel that way by the end of the week? Will Jeff Saturday be able to come in Wednesday and, and do what Frank Reich did that Monday morning? I don't know. That's part of gauging the leadership. I just know that through some of the dark times that this franchise has had, through some of the bad runs, and even even at times this year, Frank has had a, an ability to stand up in front of the media and at least project this 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 organization still functioning. There's still going to be a tomorrow. It's a good point, and like I said, it just goes back to you. And part of the reason why, like one of the main takeaways. Uh, coming out of the press conference on Monday was just like the fact that they don't feel, you know, like they don't, they feel like they are directionless. Because right, Jim Mercy just spouting off for 45 minutes. And like I said, it's kind of like a stream of consciousness. You don't know where he's going. You don't know what his vision for the team is. I thought super scary that kind of highlights, you know, the point you're making now is he almost like is out of touch with reality. Like he's referencing, you know, his records from like 2000 and how the Colts, you know, in the upper quartile, the upper quartile, the upper quartile of the league in terms of, of winning. And it's just like, Sure, when, when Peyton was there and when Andrew Luck was there, things were, for the most part, you know, going really well. They were winning a lot of games. Obviously, you, you won a Super Bowl with Peyton. You got to two. Lucky you were a perennial playoff team when he was healthy. But it's like, you look at, like, the last five years, I think they've been nowhere near that. And sure, when you lose your quarterback, not many teams are, are recovering fast. Don't get me wrong. But it's almost like Jim is just, like, missing the point of just, like, the biggest thing you are missing right now and needing is a quarterback. Like, you don't need, you know – Leadership, sure, and, and going, you know, out of the box here for for Jeff Saturday or having a, a yeller and a scrimmage head coach, like that's all things that sure maybe you want for yourself, but it's like you also, it's like he's missing the biggest glaring weakness for this team and why they haven't been anywhere near towards the league, why they are nowhere near his two Super Bowl in a decade proclamation he made last year or during the Golden Era. Like it's 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 a leadership from all the way at the top where it's just like when you do kind of miss that guy who kind of keeps things even, Steven. The, the, the ship just, you know, it's rudderless. Yep, yep. And, and the thing of it is, you know, I don't know if it's as rudderless as it appears right now because we, we are not getting clear answers. And I think that's part of what 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 part of the problem part is. The issue, Jim, right? You know, for all of Jim Irsay's strengths, and, and I want to, I don't want this to become bash Jim Irsay pod by any stretch of imagination. I think he's been good for this community. I think he's been good for this franchise. Uh, but, you know, for all of his strengths and, and all the things he's done right now to, to combat mental illness, which is, that's way beyond football. That's such a great thing that, that he's gotten behind and, and brought a lot of awareness to. And I think is, is something that's terrific, you know, and, and everybody needs more of. He's never been the guy who's great at being the point man. I mean, even when Luck was here and, and Peyton Manning was coming back, he had that bizarre press conference he did in the indoor facility and it talked about Star Wars numbers and, and kind of, you know, all over the place. Because like you said, I think it's the best thing and one of the worst things about Jim Irsay is you, you never wonder how he's feeling. You know, last yeah, night was very true. obvious that he was a little bit angry and he was a little bit defiant. And I think up from a standpoint, if you want a reason to believe in this, look, he's 100% behind what he's doing. 
whether or not we are That's true he showed that he is defiant and he's you know he's he's defending this move and i think that's a good thing but i think he gets emotional and he tends to ramble and it's hard to kind of like we were just talking about it's hard to kind of pull that in i think last night would have gone better if chris ballard had been the point man i, I really feel like uh, even though he's angry too i was just um, gonna say <laughs> yeah i think things would have gone well that way and and that's why i think you know, the rest of the week i'm, I'm open-minded because i think jeff saturday I said it yesterday. I think on a personal level, there are a lot of similarities between him and Frank Reich. Uh, they're obviously strong in their religion and their faith. They're, 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 they're very, you know, being a man of God is a big part of who they are. Uh, being a huge family person is a big part of who they are. Uh, you know, how they relate leadership to football, I think, is, is very similar. So it's going to be interesting to see the way Jeff Saturday handles this. Last night, uh, you can't really ju judge much off of that. You know what I mean? And uh, look, dysfunctional press conferences happen and things go well. Nick Sirianni's first conference in, in Philadelphia was disaster. Great. You know, I don't think anybody's upset with him right now and how things have gone. Uh, so at the end of the day, it still comes down to what happens on the field. And I think part of the reason this feels so chaotic and dysfunctional right now is you benched Matt Ryan. You went out and lost to a bad commander's team the next week. You fired Marcus Brady and traded Naheem Hines. You had statistically by yards the worst game you've had in 25 years. So I think that's part of why the things are leading in this right now. You made decisions the last couple of weeks that didn't produce any kind of immediate uh, benefit. And it's easy right now to look at the way things are going and, and watch how dysfunctional things were on, on Monday night and say, this is just another another stick on the pile. Absolutely. And you hire someone in Jeff Saturday who, again, it's going to be very hard to judge if he's actually doing a good job. And if you if you want this to be an eight-game tryout, it's going to be almost impossible to actually see what he can do and if he could be potentially the guy for the job moving forward. So with all the dysfunction that is going around, I think it's an interesting time, George, kind of talk about the Colts from a national perspective. Because like you mentioned, they're going to be doing a head coaching search soon. They're already with the Panthers. A few other high-profile teams, like maybe the Chargers, maybe the Broncos, maybe the Cardinals, could be making head coaching moves as well. How are the Colts perceived, and how did yesterday either increase or decrease their attractiveness for potential head coaching opportunities and candidates, should say? We'll discuss that when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns.